The NBA playoffs are in full swing and it doesn't look like anyone could stop the Brooklyn Nets at this point. Or is there? Then we're going to talk about, oh man, it is time to uh, blow up the Clippers quite possibly already. And would it be upset if the Lakers lose to the Suns in the opening round? Also, a lot of NFL speculation going on. I mean, yeah, we could talk Aaron Rodgers' vacation. I swear, every single day, Jalen. I was watching like Get Up or stuff, you know, six at mm-hmm. the gym, right? It's only about Aaron Rodgers. There's no new news about Aaron Rodgers. Why are we yep. still talking about him? He's just on vacation in Hawaii. Let's talk about Julio Jones. That's though. big news. Let's talk about who's <laughs> going right. Jeez. Let's talk who's going to start the most games in quarterbacks in the NFL between a few of these teams. The best deep threat in NFL history. Then also a little start bench cut with some of your favorite mid-level tier quarterbacks that are just eh. You know, it's just yeah. like that. Also, we're going to debate <laughs> Mike Trout or Shohei Otani are two month. MLB awards and also the biggest surprise team so far this season. Now, of course, we're going to end things with our Nene of the week. And I was going to give you a hint. You should know what the hell the Nene of the week is going to be. If you don't, congrats. You still probably have a few extra brain cells um, because I am dumber from watching this play go down. But of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the Jalen Johnson, the not-so-bald beast, formerly bald beast, yeah, not nuts. anymore. Uh, <laughs> how are we feeling, Jalen? Especially with I'm your good, biggest goal tonight. Uh, getting, you know, it shouldn't have gone to seven games, but they still win the first round on the list. I, I think I, I knew it was going to go to seven after watching how the series went during the season. I think I knew it was going to go to seven. I didn't want it to, but... At least now right. you can take a breath. Have a little bit of uh, you know fear go away, you know maybe yeah, and get then that blood pressure back to normal. <laughs> yeah, and then Definitely. we're going to be good. But of course, before we get into things properly, let's thank our sponsors. Shout out to SCG Subs right now. They're doing a two buy two get two free deal. It's some of the best pre workout I've ever had. You know, it keeps Sick. you going, it keeps you active, no jitters, which is nice. And then, like the little tink, you know, the tingly feeling you get like top of your head. And yeah, stuff but like it kind of gets you like revved up. Like yeah, that's good. I'm not a fan of that though. But the best part about that, no crash, which is no crash. You know, it, insane that they will do that. Um, so go on over to scgsubs.com right now to get going on that deal today. And also, with all the sports that we're talking about, the NBA, the NFL is coming up soon, the MLB, the, even the, um, some stuff with the NHL, and a bunch of other sports. If you want to get in on sports prop betting, there's no other place to do it than Thrive Fantasy. You can go on over to thrivefantasy.com or download that up on the Google App Store or the Apple, the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> super easy prop betting. It's fun. You get your, your team together. You get put in these groups. So, you know, the best person in the group wins um, the most amount of money, you know, and so on. And then they do all – it's super easy. They do all the research for you. They get all the numbers out there for you, all the odds, all the favorabilities. So you don't have to do any of that research. And so you can just go out, go make some money today by using the promo code fourth and long. And on deposits of $20 and up to $50, they will match you dollar for dollar if you use that promo code. Yeah, so make some money. Make some money, man. <laughs> Speaking of, so, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's not money, though? is the situation that the Clippers are in because they're having a tough series against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, mm-hmm. No thanks to arguably the future of the league. Um, he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like you could argue that at this point. But, Jalen, the answer, like I uh, said, is that if the Clippers lose the series, would it be time to blow the team up? Maybe 
trade everyone but Kawhi and try to rebuild around him once again? I don't know. I'm pretty sure Kawhi has a clause in his contract. He can actually opt out of his contract after this season. So technically, they should be more worried about if Kawhi is going to break the Clippers after this season. Um, I think that's probably their biggest thing. I don't think they'll do it. I I think he has a better chance of doing it if he's unhappy. Um, And I think with what it's looking like right now, I'd be pretty unhappy. So... And Kawhi left Toronto after winning a championship. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point. I don't know what this guy uh, will find unhappy enough to leave. I think from the Clippers standpoint, I don't think you fully blow it up. I think you keep Kawhi if he wants to stay. I think you keep PG if he wants to stay. I think more of it's what what's around those guys. If you guys can get them a third star, at least some more just bench or something like that to keep up uh, with these other teams then I think uh, that's probably the better bet. I think you have to get rid of some of the other guys on the team, some of your other starters. I think you rebuild around those two guys and you, you get another star in there. Even if it's not another star, at least somebody who's above average and there that can uh, help compete with them and, and be another scorer with them. Uh, I think that's the Clippers' best bet. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, overall, the biggest threat to the Clippers after the season, obviously, right now the biggest threat to the Clippers is the Mavs. Uh, but after the season, I think the the biggest threat to the Clippers uh, will be Kawhi uh, deciding on that opt out uh, or not. And that's the funny question that you also bring up is how the hell do you keep Kawhi Leonard happy? Because he wasn't happy in San Antonio with arguably the greatest coach of all time with a really solid team that consistently made the playoffs and always put themselves in a, a mm-hmm. spot to contend for a finals. Then you go to Toronto, and then you literally win the finals, and you still leave that team. <laughs> and now you're with the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, and you have, at least on paper, a good team around you. But they've never really seemed to put it together, uh, or at least not full games for a meaningful stretch of time. Yeah, playoff P is in full, full swing right now. Mm. So. <laughs> There was I saw a meme uh, like a couple of days ago after they lost, um, and someone was like, "Kawhi was like looking at PG on the sideline. He was like, who started calling you playoff P?' <laughs> like I want to know. <laughs> oh, that's all. It's too accurate though. It's just not a good look for the Clippers, and I'd be scared to be a Clippers yeah. fan right now because those Mavericks are looking mighty scary. Um, yeah. Then one of the other things we wanted to talk about is, of course, all season long, ever since they got essentially a dream team where they just took every single star and put them on the same basketball court with the Brooklyn Nets, they've been the favorite for the finals for a long stretch of the season, and to most people, they still are. But so far mm-hmm. in the plus, I mean, they've been just absolutely handling the Celtics. It just hasn't looked good. I mean, besides Game 3 where the Celtics had a good one because, uh, you know, Jason Tatum is is out of this world, quite frankly. He's just a madman. The Bucks, or or, sorry, the Nets, uh, um, they've looked really good. But another team that maybe people might be overlooking in the East, well, it's kind of tough to say overlooking because there's a lot of people that, that think they're really good too and think they have a good shot at the finals, is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I... It feels like the Nets are overshadowing the Bucks, But if you look at it right now, I mean, they're sweeping the heat. And they've looked unstoppable in any one of those games. So, 
Are the Bucks actually the better team than the Nets? No. Um, I think right now the Bucks are completely put together and they're working um, the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think one, one of the um, the bad things about having – I mean, obviously, it's not really a lot of bad things about having stars like Durant, Harden, and Kyrie on your team. But one of the bad things hey, about how it how dare is, you leave off Blake Griffin, okay? Oh, and Blake Griffin. But I'm star, saying the big three star. right now is those three. <laughs> uh, they can have bad nights. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they feed off each other. And sometimes when one of them has a bad night, all mm-hmm. of them have a bad night, which is a hard thing to 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 kind of uh, believe um, when you have stars like that. Uh, I think against uh, Jason Tatum and the Celtics or whatever that was, I forgot. I'm pretty sure it was last night mm-hmm. uh, of this recording. Um they just couldn't stop Jason Tatum and then Kyrie couldn't get going. And then Harden and Durant, you know, they just, they, they couldn't keep up after that. Uh, and they ended up losing to the Celtics in game three. I think when they put it together, they're the best team in basketball right now. I think this, the Bucks have an advantage when all you have to worry about is getting Giannis going. You don't have to worry about feeding three other people the ball to make sure that they can get their their flow going you don't have to worry about getting somebody else the ball so they can get their shot down and and, and get heated up and you just have to make sure Giannis gets the ball and then everyone else is making their plays that they're supposed to make and it's slightly easier that way you know obviously it's always still great to have that many stars mm-hmm. um but I just think right now the Bucks came into it knowing their game plan look we're going to do Giannis we don't have to worry about going through anybody else if someone else pops off in the playoffs someone else pops up in the playoffs but their game plan is get Giannis the ball, let Giannis make plays. Mm-hmm. The Nets' game plan right now is, hey, today it might be Harden's game, tomorrow it might be Durant's game, the day after that might be Kyrie's game, the day after that might be Blake's game. So I think that's slightly more difficult when it comes to playoff time. So are uh, you saying something like the 100, uh, 100% bucks, like when they're at their at their peak, that's like it, the 80% of what the Nets can do. It's something like that? Yeah, I feel like their hundred percent is when the the they play at the rate of the Nets when the Nets aren't are having off game. So I guess if with then, these two teams, it kind of depends on what your philosophy is. Because to me, the out of these two, the Bucks have the higher floor, but the mm-hmm. Nets have the higher ceiling. Yes. So it, for it's, sure, I think <sighs> with those three stars, if when they have bad nights, you want them to keep shooting because you want them to turn the night around. But when you have them all trying to just shoot, and it's not working then you end up down by a good amount of points trying to heat your guys up. And it might be too too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Giannis is having a bad night. You just let the rest of the team play team ball until he picks the hell up and you're good. But when your stars like that, when you have three stars playing like that um, together, bad nights or bad shooting nights for any of them is kind of bad for the team because pretty much the Nets defense isn't the best. But at the same time, they don't worry about it because they can – outscore anybody when they're having a good day for all their big three but as you saw Jason Tatum drop 50 and Kyrie didn't have the best game I'm not saying that's like a sign of things to come Mm -hmm. but Kyrie didn't have a good enough game the defense didn't play good enough for them to um slow down the Celtics they can outscore them they they lose and I mean yeah that's basic basketball but at the same point it's even more that for the the Nets because they don't have just like some intimidating defender down there, you know? So I, I, I think right now that the, the Bucks are playing better, especially with they're playing the Heat. Mm-hmm. I think they're I think they're a worse matchup for the Heat than the uh the Nets are for the Celtics. Mm. Um, so 
also mm-hmm. comes in. And then uh, one of the last things we want to talk about with NBA today is would it be would you consider it an upset if the Suns, <laughs> the number two seed Suns, were able to knock off number uh, seven seed Lakers? Now. I gave my opinion a little bit earlier on our Instagram and Twitter page, which you can go follow mm-hmm. uh, uh, Twitter at Fourth Long Radio, Instagram at Fourth Long Radio, or just go to the um, and then all the links and anything Fourth and Long could be found there. But I disagree with this. There's a lot of people saying that, oh yeah, if the Suns beat the Lakers, they were calling that an upset. That's not an upset, at least not to me, because ever since probably. Man, was it Jalen? Like ever since halfway through the NBA no, season, halfway, when the Lakers like, kind of got injured, and then they I think I think just over halfway. I think it was like forty something games in. Yeah, I and I I just remember, <laughs> yeah, they were on your power rankings every week, and then they dropped, and then they dropped off, and then they never really got back onto it. And really, ever since that point of the season, uh, I just haven't been that hot on the Lakers preseason. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean everyone was. How could you not be? But now it, it's just. And then seeing what the Suns have been able to do all year long is, say, really consistent. The Jazz, um, kind of the same thing, saying all year long, really consistent. Two of those top teams, they were battling for the number one spot for the good majority of the season. I swear to you, I think like the last four or five power rankings about um, that you put it, out were like, yeah. one or two was either the Jazz or the Suns, and yeah. well-deserved. So I've, always, I've been thinking for a while now that the Suns are the better team than the Lakers, so if they mm-hmm. win this game, especially or this series, especially as a higher seed, that's just expected. So to me, it's not an upset, and I don't think it should be considered one. I think it's coming from the standpoint of, yes, the Lakers are, what, they're the seventh seed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of that team was built and, and usually plays like when all of them are healthy, they mm-hmm. play like a top three, top three seed. I think that's where the whole upset thing is coming. And with all, uh, for those of you guys who pay attention to odds and stuff like that, the Lakers were given the, the second best odds even after all of that when the season ended. They still had the second best odds to win. Uh, and then also when you look at it, they have AD and LeBron back and both playing very well right now. Well, I think maybe except for that first game. <laughs> except for that first game. But LeBron <laughs> has never gone – gone down 0-2 in, in a series before. He, he's lost the first game a lot, but he's never lost back-to-back lost first games in the series. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's where the upset is coming from. Like, when LeBron and AD are healthy, like they weren't during the season, they are a different team. So I think, yeah, they did finish as the seventh seed, but mm-hmm. that seventh seed team – didn't have LeBron all the time. They didn't have AD all the time, and the rest of the players weren't playing to the level that they're playing right now. I think people are pretty much reconsidering this Lakers team as a whole different team with them, all those players back and playing the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people are more considering this an upset. Um, and I think it would be. I, I, I think I think the Suns will probably – I think the Suns win it. I, I want them to. Um, and I think beating LeBron in the first round is kind of – an upset just because of the history of mm. LeBron and the history of AD and them playing together, and they're still the, they're still the reigning uh, um, NBA champs, mm-hmm. uh, and they're trying to repeat. So even though they are the seventh seed, I, I still think it, it's it would be an upset for the Suns to to beat them uh, in this situation. Mm. 
in, in the current standings of where everything is. That's a fair point. I can get behind that one, Jalen. Now, let's switch gears and go into a little NFL. Let's put our NFL caps on figuratively because I don't have one to reach for. I just have my Sharks one on. Um, even yeah, though I still wear this hat, even though every time I look at it, it makes me feel yeah. sad on the inside. Um, <laughs> but that's Sorry. besides the point. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> let's talk Julio Jones. Julio Jones has, uh, I mean, he's been wanting to trade for a while, and he's definitely good in the game now, especially after what happened on, you know, little undisputed with, with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp that, we'll put in quotes, that interview. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, was something like That was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long time, Jalen. Uh, but <laughs> where would Julio Jones be best for? Which team would he be the best fit for? But, so two questions. So which team is he going to be the best fit for? But where do you think he's actually going to end up? And now, I think there's two teams that jump to mind. I've been saying the mm -hmm. San Francisco 49ers since about the beginning of the year. So for months mm -hmm. now. That would be a fantastic spot. Imagine having him and George Kittle reunite him with his former offensive coordinator, who is now a really good head coach, and put him with... Trey Lance, who has a cannon for an arm. That is a fantastic and scary matchup to have on your offense. But then also, which team need, desperately needs a wide receiver one if they actually want to make a run at the Super Bowl? That's the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he'd be best on the Niners. The Ravens desperately need him. But mm -hmm. I also think he is going to end up on the Patriots, because the Patriots get everyone. Uh, they could be bad for one year. The dynasty's back, and we're all worse off for it because, as NFL fans, the only thing we have is the Patriots winning uh, a lot more games than we'd ever like them to. Yeah, um, I think I think one thing that's going to come into play that a lot of people aren't considering um, that might come into play for Julio is Julio wants to play with a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um Obviously, he's not saying Matt Ryan's bad, but he wants to go to a team that is solidified at quarterback. Well, he I did think say, also say, um, just blatantly, I want to win. So Yeah, and he wants to win. <laughs> Come on, you're not so winning think... with the Falcons. Because if I remember the stat, Jalen, they were near the um, like top 10 of most points in the first half of games. But they're mm -hmm. the bottom three or four of points um, scored in the second half of games. And yeah, that was so prevalent in the beginning of the last season. Yeah, that was pretty team, bad. Man. It, it was yeah, that was that was really bad. Um I think that that's gonna come into play. Uh I think it's gonna come into play like especially for like the 49ers. 49ers they are not sure. If I feel like if Trey Lance was given the, the starting job throughout the gate, I think he'd be a Niner. Mm -hmm. Um but I think with that competition of they might switch quarterbacks at some point in the season. Uh, I feel like no receiver really wants that. Uh, so I think, I don't think, I think he'll try to avoid San Francisco. Mm. I think the same thing with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I think he would go there if Cam Newton was the guaranteed starter for the season. But with the situation, Mac Jones might start at some point, And I don't think he'd like that. Uh, I think Baltimore is a good bet with Lamar over there. Um, but my, my top two would probably be the, the Patriots and the Titans. I think the Titans need mm -hmm. somebody to replace uh, what uh, Davis left um, for the Jets. That's I believe. more than replacing Corey Davis. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's better than that's AJ Brown. Than 
you're you're getting another AJ Brown and you're allowing AJ Brown to uh to learn from Julio Jones, um, uh, which would be scary. great for his development. You already I have a fantastic great. run game, the best in the league. Yeah. And then I don't know, not even as a Cardinals fan, but like I was like looking through the stuff and then uh DeAndre Hopkins that posted Remember what we talked about, and it was a picture of him, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, Julio, and yep. AJ Green. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. <laughs> what did you guys talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put a super team down the desert. Jeez. Yeah, that was, I like, at first, cause I was like, I wasn't even like considering it. Like, I saw a lot of people talking about it just because DeAndre Hopkins was recruiting him. Mm-hmm. But then when he said, remember what we talked about? And it was him, AJ Green, and Julio. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would love to see him in the desert. That'd be the, the meanest receiving core of all time. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that thought. I don't think anyone would like it at all. Andy Hopkins said he would restructure his contract just so he can get Julio. Yeah, that's that's scary. Literally three of the best hands in the league on the same team. I think overall, I think I think the Titans would probably be. I think the Titans would probably Mm -hmm. be a a good team for him. I think they need it. I think the Ravens need it, but I think the Titans have the better chance out of those two teams of getting him. Mm. That would be a ridiculously stacked offense. Uh, that would yeah. flip the script of any AFC contender. Sweet damn, that would be a great team. I know there's been talks. <laughs> it better not happen. I don't think it will happen, but Julio to the Chiefs, that just wouldn't. That's going to piss me off. I probably wouldn't watch football. Probably wouldn't no. watch football. Like, at least if the Cardinals get them, yeah, it will be a stacked offense, but they're, they they haven't won a Super Bowl recently. They also don't have Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Yeah, and they don't have Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Um but it's like if it's like like if the Patriots after after winning all the Super Bowls if they were still with Brady and all that stuff and then they got Julio I think mm. people would be way more pissed off. I quit. Than I quit now. I quit. Yeah. I walk off. But it's like <laughs> that situation. Like teams that recently won and now you're just gonna add Julio. Like forget you. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the Patriots, though, they're one of the three teams right now that have a little bit of a quarterback competition and some controversy going on with them so we're going to talk who's going to be starting more games for three these three teams between the patriots the broncos and then the chicago bears but first like i said is new england and that's going to be between cam newton and mac jones jalen which one is going to be starting the most amount of games this season um i i want it to be cam i i think cam deserves a, another shot with that team mm-hmm. um I think Cam's going to start most of the season. I think if Mac Jones does get the start, it's going to be something catastrophic, like Cam throws like three or four picks in a game, or or he costs them a game. Mm-hmm. I think then Mac Jones will get an earlier start. But I think they're going to push a Cam Newton and just let Mac Jones kind of just learn for a while. Uh, I think if it comes down to and uh, kind of close to the end of the season, they're kind of like around that 50-50 mark. I think they might switch it up, or if they're – just below um, 50-50, mm-hmm. uh, I think they might switch to, to Mac. But I, I don't think it's coming to after the halfway mark. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Cam Newton would probably start the most games. For a lot of these teams, you got to look for the bye weeks. Uh, there could be a replacement after that. But it's either mm-hmm. we get – I think Cam Newton has a very short leash in Foxborough. Because he I, does. I think – at most, if he struggles through the first three to maybe four games of the season, and also all this depends on if Mac Jones is going to be ready, and I would be willing to bet that he will be, but I'll give Cam Newton four, three, maybe if I really want to stretch to three to five games, 
And if he doesn't do above average in those three of the five games, I think they pulled the trigger on Matt Jones and put him in because especially if this team gets Julio, uh, all bets are going to be off. You have to be a good team with that kind of offense. I mean, remember what they did during the um, the first few days of the offseason, signing everyone mm-hmm. or of the NFL free agency period. They signed everyone. They signed everyone, especially with yeah, Hunter they Henry there too. Yeah, they didn't about they did. Right? So you have to be good on this Patriots team. I will be willing to predict that Mac Jones plays the most games for the Patriots. And I mm-hmm. think that Mac Jones actually does – he has a decently successful first year uh, in, in terms of what most – in terms of like above average of what um, rookie quarterbacks do. And, and so I'm just not swollen Cam Newton. Ever since he left the Panthers, it's just been – Weird. Uh, I've one thing I will always, you know, uh, pat myself on the back for is predicting after week one that he was going to have more rushing touchdowns and uh, passing touchdowns. And so, yeah, that was something. Still going to do that, do that real quick uh, for the for the camera. Going back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just not feeling Cam Newton. If he surprises all of us, then good for him. That'd be that'd be cool because he's a very dynamic quarterback when he's going. But when he's bad, he's really bad. Mm-hmm. If there's a reason that they lost a game last year to the Broncos, and the Broncos only kicked field goals. They kicked six field goals and one. Yeah, that was uh, unfortunate, to say the least. <laughs> That's a really soft way to put it, Jalen. That was yeah. awful if you're the Patriots. So, Kevin has to be good. Otherwise, Mac Jones going to be in there really quick. Now, if we head on over to the aforementioned Denver Broncos, let's talk about the new quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Now here, there's a lot of things. I mean, the Broncos, they're going. They could have at least a top five, maybe a top three defense next year. So that's going to be there. They're getting all these players back. They're um, they beefed up that offense again. They helped that offensive line. They got a solid new running back in the draft. Their wide receivers are one of the best receiving cores in the league. So, if you're Drew Locke, you you get three games, maybe four games this year to be good. And if you're mm-hmm. not good or there's no sign of hope or improvement from last year, he is out of there so quick because right now you have a ceiling raiser in Drew Locke and you have a floor raiser in Teddy Bridgewater. We've seen Teddy, what Teddy Bridgewater could do, though. So you can win games with Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke can win you more games, though. So I will say that Drew Locke does start more games. And I might just be reading into it too much. And of course, he did train with Peyton Manning this offseason. And if mm-hmm. you look at what he's doing in practice, he has changed his pre-snap stance to Peyton Manning's. Mm-hmm. So that could mean everything. That could mean absolutely can, nothing. Will he become Peyton Manning or will he become Peyton Manning uh, right before he left the Colts? <laughs> Which Peyton Manning are we getting? We're getting M- 2014 Peyton Manning. Oh, that would... <laughs> no, no, we're not going that far. I think That'd Drew Locke nice. starts more games than Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> no. but he's on a very short leash, shorter than Cam Newton. I think, I think Drew Locke is traded to the Steelers at the trade deadline um, this year. Wow! Um, so, so that Teddy Bridgewater can take over as quarterback, and that they can draft another guy coming up in the next few seasons. Uh, I don't. I think Drew Locke's going to struggle, but I don't think Drew Locke's a bad quarterback. I just think. Uh, I think it's going to just come down to a little early play. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get a shot just because uh, Drew had a bad game. And I think Teddy's just going to run off with it. 
do I think that they're just going to be like a dominant team? No. Uh, but I definitely think that Teddy Bridgewater, if you give him the opportunity, he will take that team and he will run with it and he won't give them a chance to even want to put Drew Locke back in. I don't think he's going to have like an MVP type season or anything like that, but I think he's just going to be too consistent um, to take him out. It's going to be kind of like one of those things, like if your quarterback gets hurt and you put somebody else in, but the guy wins six games in a row, you're not going to pull him. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's what I think that's what happens, and I think at that point they just decide, hey, look, we're gonna stick with Teddy. Someone else is gonna need you. I think a team that might end up needing a quarterback or at least a quarterback to compete uh, is the is definitely going to be the Steelers. Uh, so that's what I have. Of course, this conversation on. about the Broncos' quarterback doesn't really matter because they're going to be getting Aaron Rodgers on June first. So I don't know about that. I do know about that. Oh, we're getting so close to. We're there, Jalen. We're there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded to the Denver Broncos, and it's going to be, it's going to be good. And then the Broncos mm-hmm. are going to win Super Bowl Fifty Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's about next it. on the agenda. <laughs> Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? The Chicago Bears are the last team, and this is the easiest thing. Justin Fields might be starting from day one. Now, that's not necessarily because he's ready, but it's because it's. Chicago Bears, and when when was the last time they actually had a proper quarterback situation that went well for them? Uh, and Justin Fields is going to start way more games than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to be a good backup there, though. Uh, his hair on the sidelines going to match the colors of the logo very well. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Andy Dalton, I don't, I think. I don't think he starts more games. I think he starts the season as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to throw like three picks in week three. Um, and then, oh, so I'm just going to go all threes here. He's going to throw three picks in week three and get replaced in the third quarter. Wow. For Justin Fields. If you who is that. then going to change his jersey number to three, and he's going to win the game by three. I'm kidding about the jersey number change. Obviously, that can't happen. But well, then they're going to win the game really by three. Success, <laughs> he changes his jersey number to the number of the greatest quarterback in Bears history, which, of course, is Jay Cutler, number six. Never forget. I thought you were going to say 10, Mitch Trubisky. Dude, no. Mitch, Mitch sucks. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know who's but, the worst backup quarterback that the Bills have ever had. Is it Nathan Peterman or Mr. Bisky? <laughs> it's Mitch, but I mean, the joke was funny. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then the next thing we want to talk about is PFF had their own debate, and we also had ours over on our own socials. But who is the best deep threat in NFL history? PFF, they put out Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, and Tyreek Hill, then ours, I put out Randy Moss, Kevin Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, did not leave, put Tyreek Hill on there because no, he's not, not doing that. He's not. And if you ask, I, that. that debate had me pissed because I kept on saying, if you actually argue that Tyreek Hill is the greatest deep threat in NFL history, shut up. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> you don't know football. No. My no. thing is, yeah, he's you can't. Fast, but yeah. it, it, tell me, tell, hey, John, tell me when he gets a stat line. Of three catches, three touchdowns, and about 250 yards. <laughs> <laughs> the most that's, iconic that's what I want to see. stat line of all time. Randy Moss is undefeated. 
Yeah, I think it was like one eighty something, like one eighty three. Yeah, like one eighty three. It was sorry, yeah, like one eighty something, but about two hundred yards. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Almost. I think my my problem first of all with people adding all these like newer players to best of all time. Like I saw like uh, some somebody posted like best quarterback of all time, and like the fourth option was Patrick Mahomes. I'm uh, like, yo, Patrick is good, but like you can't save all time already. Oh, Jalen, but can we say? that there is a difference in the greatest of all time and the best of all time. Because I will argue yes on that one. Yeah. I will there, argue there's a difference that Tom the Brady and the best of all is time. the greatest quarterback of all time. But the best quarterback of all time is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Are, are we on the same page with that? Yeah, I think greatest kind of comes down to more achievements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the best kind of just comes down to overall player mm. uh less less about the the super bowls more about the what they did like stat, stats no longer matter it's more of just looking at what they stats, did achievements records all the above can it can be placed in go, the go for greatest but like i feel like when you look at the best That's it's kind of like you might have a quarterback who just like stats wise didn't look like or like let, let's put it in like baseball terms you might have a guy who's only batting like two something, mm-hmm. but he's always putting runners in the square. Is at bats, yeah. like all of his at bat. That he might be up there higher than you would uh, normally put him in the best of all time, just because of what each of his things meant uh, compared to the greatest of all time. Because he only hit two hundred, you're probably not going to be up there in mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. It- it's Randy Moss, but and it's, and it's yeah, story. Randy Moss. Randy we Moss both agree that all time Calvin Johnson two, and then Deshaun Jackson three. I uh, no disrespect just because if you get a ball, oh, I remember sports science. Oh, I I used to yeah, love I, sports science. They should bring that back. That I was love so that good. But I remember Calvin Johnson having this crazy, like, extremely giant radius of being able to catch a football. That guy got yeah. everything they got within the same zip code of him. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, so th- that that stuff is crazy. But even Shots no disrespect to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, Deshaun Jackson is definitely number three on this list. But it's not by a lot. That guy was like, especially when with him and Michael Vick, that oh, was dangerous. That combo was un. Them against the Redskins when he freaking threw like that sixty-plus yard uh, freaking pass, and then, the and one then he ran really it. Stopped, stopped Deshaun Jackson <laughs> was himself and dropping the ball at the one-yard line. He did that what three times in his career? I think so. Two, three. It was, but he also did have the crazy punt return against the Giants. That was one of the best punt returns of the all. The miracle at the Meadowlands. I was like, oh, yeah. dude, that's. You remember, like, eight, like, you remember like you remember like Madden Madden oh nine and Madden ten when you could play moments. Yes. Yeah. Back when Madden was still a respectable franchise. Yeah. Not anymore. Now it sucks. It hasn't been good for a while. <laughs> yeah, now you now you have to be a pro to even play the game. Like you can't even just have fun anymore. No, it, and then you run the same three plays because those three plays are literally undependable. Yep. Thanks, man. How the mighty have fallen. I hate you, EA, and I hope you burn <laughs> a fiery hellfire. Uh, let's, wow. The last part of the NFL <laughs> stuff for this show is. Start bench cut, and then I. This is another thing that we put on the socials. But Jalen, mm-hmm. start bench cut. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. I feel like you just have to rebuild at this point. If those are the <laughs> um, is there a trade option? 
Yeah, like, is, can I trade all three for somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. God damn. Um, <laughs> don't like this one. I do I'd start Garoppolo. Oh. I would start Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo, when he's healthy, is the better quarterback out of the three. Um, I would probably, I probably bench Derek Carr. Derek Carr is, I feel like Derek Carr could still get better. I feel like he's not at the end of. I feel like this isn't just who he is as a player. I, I'm, we've seen flashes of greatness mm-hmm. um, by him. I think he just needs to be more consistent with it. And I think if he's more consistent, he's the better of all three quarterbacks. Cousins is just proven year after year that he's not good in prime time. So, <laughs> and he he has like an amazing contract that he's done nothing with so far. So, I probably I'd start start Garoppolo, bench Carr, and I'd cut Cousins. I was have it flipped. I'm cutting Jimmy Garoppolo, especially because mm. he's not even going to be a starting quarterback this year. So yeah, I don't even want to worry about that, man. I'll cut. Him. I think without his, I think without his injuries, I think he would still be the starting quarterback. I don't think they would have drafted anybody. Well, also without the injuries, and also if he completed one pass, one more pass in the Super Bowl, they wouldn't even draft. They wouldn't take in Trey Lance. No, they He'd wouldn't undoubtedly have. be their quarterback. Yeah, but you know, you miss that pass. <laughs> You choke in the Super Bowl. That's what happens. The NFL's cutthroat, and they technically the Chiefs did this because the Chiefs are the reason Garoppolo got hurt, Ooh. and then they beat them in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And now Garoppolo, like Garoppolo, should hate the Chiefs. <laughs> he's probably gonna he's gonna end up at their backup quarterback. Hey, we get all these celebrities. We even got Chad Johnson doing a boxing match. Can we get Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes in the square circle? I think Patrick Mahomes would knock Jimmy Garoppolo the hell out. Hey, I think Garoppolo fights dirty. I think he'll. I think he does too. But I think if it's like a actually sanctioned fight, <laughs> have you fight, not think... seen his chin? He has a chin of granite. Okay, that jawline is granite. Yeah, he's not that might be that granite. Way. That might be granite, or it might be just a nicely cut glass. Hey, the the cool <laughs> thing about that though, Jay, he has a chin. You can't hit the knees. You can't take him down, sir. You can't hit him with leg kicks like in MMA. So he'll be fine. That's his weak point. <laughs> Um, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be benching Derek Carr because mm-hmm. he's still a good quarterback. He's an above average quarterback. But I'm yeah. actually going to be starting Kirk Cousins because most games are not going to be in prime time. And when it's not in prime time, I like Cousins more than all three of these guys. Yeah, uh, but then you're going to win for one season, and the next season you're going to have mostly prime time games, <laughs> and then you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so tough. At least. Kirk Cousins does have one primetime win. That happened on Monday night last season. I forget the week, but it was, um, you know, he changed his nickname to the Monday it was Night a Messiah moment because that yeah. guy's, you know, <laughs> that, that's, his, that's his thing now. <laughs> so it's all good. I guess. Uh, now we're going about cap things off. Last sport we're going to be doing is the MLB. And first question is who would you rather have right now? Not, not, ooh, actually, um, slight change him. Who would you rather have? You can build your franchise around one of these two players. Is it Mike Trout or is it Shohei Otani? Are we just going with the player in general or are we talking about just them as a career? Like right now? Right now, you take them in their prime. Who are you building your team around? Mike Trout. Yeah, that's fair. The greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, Shohei Otani, if we're talking about, like, right now, like, how they are right now, their ages and everything like that, 
I'd probably take Otani just we'll because primes. I might. We'll do primes. Yeah. To, to... If we're doing primes, I'm taking Trout. But if we're doing right now, I'm taking Otani. To be honest, this is really tough for me. Because <laughs> it seems to be that Shohei Otani's only weakness is Bart and but in traffic at this point. That's still one of the most ridiculous stories I've ever heard. Shohei Otani missing his start because their bus got caught in traffic, so they had to take Bart, but Bart like missed a stop or something like that. It was... Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you just love public commuting? You know, you know, public transport. Yeah, that's that's highly unfortunate. <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh man, it's tough because Mike Trout, he's a phenomenal fielder, and he's one of the best hitters this game has ever seen. Arguably the greatest hitter this game has ever seen. He is the greatest player in MLB history. But also with Shohei Otani, he's he's going to be the greatest two way player that has ever graced. The, the the diamond, he's also going to be a better player than Ichiro Suzuki. Uh, I am comfortable with saying that right now. I'm probably going to get proved wrong about ten to twelve to fifteen years. Probably, also yeah. How I also so made a lot of ground that Ronaldo um, Acuna is going to be the greatest home run hitter in Braves history, and they have Hank Aaron. So. I've been making some bold takes with baseball recently, but and the those. best part about these bold takes with Jalen is that I can only be disproven in like a decade or so. Yeah, so, <laughs> so no one will pay attention to it anymore. Exactly. So even if <laughs> and I'm if right, you if you no bring it back up ten years from now that he was wrong, you're just a petty human being. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! If you do that, you're petty as hell. But at the same time, I'd respect the hell out of you. So I no. respect you for it, though. I <laughs> definitely respect you. For that, that's that's a respect kind of petty. That's a ready. Wait, that's yeah. Someone someone save this for this petty exact moment. Pettyful? Respectful. 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 That's a new word, respectful. No, it's not. Let's continue. It will be. Uh, I really want to say Shohei Otani, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you can't deny the greatest baseball player of all time. If you had the greatest baseball player of all time, you build around him 10 times out of 10. Yeah. But it's really close right now. Shohei Otani is blowing the socks off of everyone. But yeah, that's and going... you, you're covering two positions. Exactly, right? So you get a solid pitcher, and then you also get a, a really good DH, and also you even get a right fielder at times. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> pretty sure, but I'm pretty same. sure if you if you told Mike Trout he had to go out there and pitch a couple of games, I'm pretty sure he'd throw at least one no hitter. Um, I don't know about <laughs> that, but also it's Mike Trout, so anything is possible. Yeah. And now let's get to our we're two months into the baseball season roughly. So let's give our awards for that. We're going to start things off with the MVP and the AL MVP, at least for me, is going to be the aforementioned Shohei Otani because this guy has been doing everything. He has one of the nastiest pitches in the MLB with his splitter. I think he's people want him like a .05 with, uh, around with that one. He's top yeah. three to five in the MLB in home runs hit. He was leading at one point. He's not, in one inning. He's throwing 100 mile an hour pitches, then hitting 100 mile an hour home runs. This guy can do yeah. absolutely everything, so he's my MVP right now. Yeah, AL, he's definitely my MVP. I, I don't think anyone could really argue against that. It's, yeah, it's fucking Shohei. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all you have to say at that point. But for the NL MVP, it gets a little tougher. There's two names that I would put out there um, is clear favorites. And that is Fernando Tatis Jr. And mm-hmm. that is Ronald Acuna Jr. And that's that's a weird saying, weird way of saying Buster Posey. No, 
No. 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 So, <laughs> Shoyo Tonicus, that's such there. a homer right now. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for, it's really tough. I think what it comes down to for me between these two names is that since Tatis missed some time with the whole mm. COVID stuff, I'm going to give it to Acuna. It's really close for me, though, between those two. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably go the same way. Uh, Just like I was with the uh, MVP odds for um, the NBA. I think it comes Mm -hmm. down to when you you have to sit some games out, it hurts you. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely have to go with the Cunha also. Yeah. Uh, The more games you play, the better off. But both these guys are ridiculously good. And scoring come down to a razor and just a razor sharp, uh, razor close. No, that's not the same. It's going to be a really close finish at the end of the, yeah. of the season for an NL MVP. That's for damn sure. And then with the Cy Young, in the AL to me, there's one guy that stands out, and that is Garrett Cole so far this season because he's been up. He has um, some of the most strikeouts in the league, one of the best ERAs in the league, and he has some of the most. Um, uh, it's called like um, good starts or, or like good outings, uh, whatever the stats call. He has some of the yeah. most of that too. I know what you're talking about. And so the, <laughs> and the Yankees have also been a really good team recently on the back of a fantastic pitching staff from the Yankees. I mean, especially with Corey Kluber getting that no-hitter, the sixth no-hitter slash perfect game uh, this season with the MLB record being seven. So that record's probably going to be broken this year. Rob Manfred, he wants to uh, unjuice the baseballs, but he unjuiced them a little bit too much is what it seems like. But uh, for me, Garrett Cole is going to take that for the AL. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to argue against Garrett Cole at this point. At least two months into the season, it's kind of like he's been one of the most dominant pitchers uh, out there. And it's kind of hard to really say anybody else has been more dominant than he has Mm -hmm. so far. Uh, so I think Garrett Cole is, yeah, it's <laughs> Garrett Cole. As of right now, unless somebody else picks it up going into the, uh, whatever, how far are we into the season? Two, I eight, mean, two months, weeks. but yeah, eight, eight, eight weeks. Eight and a half weeks. Yeah. Then, yeah, someone else has to pick it up to um to pass him up for that award at this point. And then, who's your pick for the NL then? Um... Mm, I swear, if you can be a oh, Giants no. player, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna say Gossman, but you know, uh, <laughs> no, um, probably, probably, uh, unfortunately, Bauer. Uh, <laughs> Are we really uh, going back to all four of these picks? Yeah. Wow, Trevor Bauer, been playing. <laughs> uh, the the thing with Trevor Bauer is that there's a lot of like, um, I, I guess. Leeway, the, the NL Scion, I think right now is a lot more open than the AL Scion because right now, uh, one of the things is that Trevor Bauer, in some of the most strikeouts, uh, he um, is top five in, in strikeouts currently. Mm-hmm. He has um, quality, he has nine quality starts on the season to his name. Then also, he has a, a low earn run average. Um, and then he also has a decent amount of, uh, like, like kind of, a lot of people like, for the signing, they look at ERA. Uh, the e- current uh, ERA leader in the league is Jacob DeGrom. He is at a point eight, but at the same time, he only has 45 innings pitched compared to, at the time of recording this, uh, Trevor Bauer has about 70 innings pitched. So, 
quite the margin more. And Trey Bauer is still a very, very respectable 2.07. He has more strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He has less. Um, he has less like hits per average. I guess if you want to go uh, with the inning pitch inning pitch ratio, less uh, home runs given up. You know, uh, less walks given up. So to me, it's Trevor Bauer. And the yeah. Dodgers also have been the best team in baseball for most of the season. So the if you most. choose the best team in baseball, um, and if they had the best pitcher in their um, league, then that just kind of makes sense. Yeah. And Jalen Lessing for the MLB is our biggest surprise team. And I swear if you say the same team, I am going to punch you. So here we go. Here we go. I'm going to say, I'm going to count down from three. Then once I say, so I'm going to go three, two, one, say the name, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're going to see if we actually have different teams or names on this one because we've been too similar on this, okay? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, Giants. Giants. Okay. Y'all not getting any MLB debates today. You're just getting statements that we both agree on. Pretty much at this point. (laughs) The Giants, man. How the hell are they this good? How the hell is your pitching staff this good? They shouldn't be. It doesn't make sense. But here we are. uh, One of the weirdest things. I mean, I think their bullpen might be the biggest enigma that I've seen in the MLB for a while. Because they win them games. But they're also the reason they lose games. Yeah. And also, they have one of the best records in the league. And yeah, are, they had the best home record in the league also, yeah, also and, right And now. then they've been better than the Giants, better than the Padres supports this season, and it's just been a slugfest between those three teams in the NL West. So, yeah, man, I I don't know why they're this good, but <laughs> that's well, why. Anyone does, but I'm happy. <laughs> this is usually around the time of the season I start checking out because we're usually like, 18 and 40 or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the team has been great. Uh, a lot of our older guys on the team, like Crawford, Posey, Belt, uh, Longoria, were all expected to just have below average years and mm-hmm. kind of have the team be broken up again next season and restart over. But those four guys have just shown like age means nothing, um, and <laughs> they, they've come out. And just killed it. Uh, yeah. And then I feel like yesterday's game uh, from the day of recording against the Dodgers was pretty much a perfect example of the season so far for the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Giants hit a – the Posey has a three-run home run to put the uh, the Giants up by three uh-huh. to uh, pretty much almost secure the win. Then the Giants' bullpen allows a three-run <laughs> – a three-hit homer, uh, three-run homer to go off in the ninth, the bottom of the ninth. Oh, great. And then at the bottom of the ninth, bottom of the ninth like last out pool holes hits pretty much almost a guaranteed home run yep and the giants rob him and then they win again by three <laughs> the giants win by three at <laughs> extra innings and if that doesn't explain this giants team's ups and downs and somehow still winning games i don't know what does yeah <laughs> the giants man um i don't like them because i'm an ace fan uh, so obviously yeah. you can't like them it's just it's just in, in the dna you know but mm-hmm. I sure as hell respect them, even though I don't understand them at this one season. And it's not even even numbered year, so you can't even use that argument. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you can't. <laughs> um, 
but let's just say last season didn't count, so we're just making up for it. Okay, I thought no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap things up with the Nene of the Week Award. Don't tell me you have the same Nene's. Well, there's only one Nene, though, is a problem. <laughs> there is yeah. only one. Oh, my damn. Like I said at the beginning of the show, man, um, this watching this play made me lose brain cells and maybe reconsider everything I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, because for sure. I've never witnessed anything this embarrassingly bad. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is the Pirates and the Cubs. Um, because, yeah, you got two outs. Um, you hit a little dribbler uh, to, mm-hmm. to the short. Uh, you throw it to first. Um, he catches the first baseman catches it in front of the bag, um, and then starts to run at the Cubs base runner. When you could just you're less than half a foot away from first base, touch the bag, touch the bag. Yeah, literally, he's right when he started bag. going backwards. I'd have been like, all right, and I would turn around and touch the bag. <laughs> but no, he chases him all the way back to home. By this time, the runner at third came in and scored, and then you even you saw the Cubs base runner singling safe. Once that's the two hours, he still needs to touch first. In he order taunted to you and then safe. ran. <laughs> so he puts it to first. The ball gets over. <laughs> gets thrown past him. The runner gets a second. The ball gets past the second baseman. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, oh, and the funniest man. thing that happened to me was after he made the second safe, the announcer then yells, keep going, you're invincible. <laughs> and part of me was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to see if they'll get you this time. <laughs> just keep running. Just try to go for the infield. Like at this point, that like. Point. You're on. You're on. You're on the gods' time at that point. The gods are in your favor right now. Just keep going. <laughs> it was such a stupid play, but obviously, a hey, hats off to the Pirates. Yeah, that's they just you just dis- got nayed like a mug. <laughs> uh, I, that easily, at least in, in Nene of uh, the week history, in the ward history, that is the biggest. In most brutal that, that is definitely in in uh, in the running for Nene of the year. And that's oh, that's going to be shoot. Not even that, John. That might be Nene of all time. I might just have to retire the award at this point because what the hell is going to have to make a this? new one at that point. Oh, <laughs> it's a hey, just pirates. Uh, hats off. To we're going to have an anniversary for this every single year. We're going to rewatch that play and we're going to talk about. It. I hate you guys for making me watch that. I hate you. Yeah, a multiple team times. of blind. Six-year-olds probably could have done better than that. Probably. Actually, I've seen a blind baseball game before. It was pretty dope, actually. And it's probably better than what the hell the Pirates did. It it, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on that really awful note, that's going to do it for us on episode fifty-nine of Fourth and Long, Jalen. It's always a good time. Some good yeah. NBA stuff going. Some MLB stuff going that we just always agree upon. At least we did agree on the NFL stuff. So you got a little bit of that going for you. Yeah, we uh, usually almost always agree with baseball stuff, to be honest, since we started the show. I, I think we rarely disagree. It's an anomaly. Uh, but before we <laughs> sign off, got to thank our very prestigious Patreon supporters. Shout out to Ray Rodriguez. And for all your card collecting needs, go follow at the Big Back Box on Instagram. Shout out to Ryan. And shout out to Neil and his YouTube channel chosen problems and then as it says we're done with the show now you can go listen to some other of our great stuff like this week's ufc talk this week's afl breakdown and of course most recent or most recent interview once again with justin james um the ufc fighter in the featherweight division talks about how he rode a freaking whale and uh, previews his fight (laughs) this summer against charles rosa but jalen 
your thoughts in one word or phrase about the Giants right now. Legendary. Legendary. I'll go with... Confusing. Um, I'll go with confusing. I'll go with brain-numbing. Is that well, one word? No, or is that just the Pirates? Um, yeah, not I don't want to talk anymore because I keep on thinking about the Pirates play, and I don't want yeah. to, Jim. Me too. Okay. Me yeah, too. let's just end the pain now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and we will see all of you in the next one.